Welcome to Nerd Sports. Uh, my name is David Dickerman, and this is Johnny Skelton. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about sports. And the first sports we're going to do is water polo. So, no, no water polo? No. What, what, are, we, what are we talking about? Everything else. Oh, okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and... Click that to that and see what, uh, well, just, uh, go ahead. All right. Well, you know, first and foremost, I mean, this is our first episode. This is a new channel, you know, whatever. People aren't going to like the takes that we're going to have and they're not going to like the opinions. I mean, they may not even agree with all of the things that we cover and that's fine. I want to kind of try to come across as being as genuine as possible and like those people that spend money and time to go get spray tans only to get left by the person that you're trying to impress. So, you know, we're, we're just going to try to keep it as real as we possibly can, and, and we're going to try to stay with the, re- the things that are relevant, uh, you know, things like the, you know, basketball and football and, and, and baseball and even, you know, NASCAR. So, I mean, because those are the mainstream sports. I mean, yes, if something very relevant happens, like uh, the Masters this past week where the first Japanese player won a, you know, won a major event uh, for his country, you know, we'll touch on that a little bit, and, and you know, but for the most part, we're, you know, I'm just, we're just here, you know, to just go over. Yeah, and add in a lot of, a uh, little bit of comedy into it, like the Japanese cat kid probably just wrote a lot of crit 20s, honestly. Mm, no, no. <laughs> God, that's so bad. <clears throat> All right, so, you know, there's a lot of ground to cover here, so you kind of wonder where we're going to start. Uh, seems to be a, a lot of, uh, you know, pressure, you know, trying to, you know, fit as much as possible, as, as much as we possibly can into our first episode. So um, we're just going to try to do our best to, you know, full send it or completely yeet this thing to the lower atmosphere and see what sticks to the wall. So we're going to start the NBA. The association, basketball, first and foremost, we're going to be completely transparent, not my favorite sport, but it's still watchable. My girlfriend loves basketball. I uh, tried to get some of her, you know, take on it, but, you know, she, she's doing her day-to-day thing. Uh, she, she's handling stuff down on her home front, and she couldn't answer the phone. So, um, but, uh, you know, for the what it seems like uh, the NBA, this regular season's trying to wind down. I think there's like maybe 15 or you know, 15 or 20 games left in the regular season. Playoff pitcher seems to be a, a little bit in flux. I'm not even really sure how the playoff system works in the NBA. I know I think they take like the first, uh, the, like the top six or eight teams, and they seed them accordingly. And then they have basically what amounts to is a, a tournament with a, a best of a best of three or a best of five, and then obviously with the best of seven series is ending ending in the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Teams with the seventh and uh, eighth highest winning percentage in each conference will each have two opportunities to win one game to earn a playoff spot. Yeah, the the the, the all important play play in game. But um, you know, I know it's gonna at least as far as the NBA takes going to be concerned. I mean, it's going to sound generic and it's going to sound like a soft take, but. You know, given the the the, uh, the disclaimer that I put out there as the preface, it'll get better. But um, 
Yeah, because I have no idea about sports, really. Yeah, I mean, the only the only game that I really watched so far this year was the NCAA men's final between Baylor and Gonzaga. Uh, everybody had Gonzaga to pick uh, or picked a win. They 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 were the remember they were the favorites. I mean, because we didn't have our traditional powerhouses. You didn't have Kentucky. You didn't have North Carolina. You didn't even have Duke in the in the tournament this year. Um, which I don't quote me. It it I think it was like nineteen eighty something since that happened. But um, no, it was nineteen sixty four. I remember that because we talked about that last time. That's right, we did. Um, but everybody had Gonzaga to pick at one. That's you know, my blank out yeah. moment there. I was like, wait a minute, I know this. Right? I know this. Oh my god! Before. I know something. A little pubic curly hair pearl, you know. Um, my balls probably dropped. Yeah, a little bit, just just a tad. Um, but uh, I mean, we're not arguing that that. I mean, it takes a degree of talent and, and an incredible amount of unnatural ability to be able to play this game at the level that these young men and women are both playing these games at. Uh, you can make your jokes about the WNBA all you want. Um, you know, I mean, there there was even those jokes going around that that their their uh, COVID nineteen protocol uh, fan attendance rivaled that of their normal regular season attendance, and so I mean. Not to take anything away from the women for that 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 play on the professional level, um, I still I, I, still I think a lot of that is I think a lot of that is the packaging of the product by by yeah. the head office of the NBA. So, but I still like that one meme that says, uh, "Why does the uh, women NBA get to have their full uh, audience and the uh, NBA doesn't?" And it's just uh, empty stands and everything. Yes, yes, I, I saw that one, and then um, I've seen the same one. Uh, with uh, other like baseball teams, like uh, like the Rays, oddly enough, the defending American League champions. But uh, you know, I mean, you're you're going to have some of these teams that like the smaller market stuff that that have the low low attendance no- low attendance numbers anyway. <coughs> but we'll get to baseball here in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> everybody had consecutive. <coughs> See, don't there die, we go. Don't don't die on me. Uh, I'm going <clears> to <throat> try to clear my throat here and take a nice big swig of our Black Rifle coffee. Yep. That's not sponsored. Hopefully. Yeah, we're not being sponsored by Black <clears throat> Rifle, but if anybody from Black Rifle hears this or sees this, you know, hey, give us a call. We'd love it. I mean, we'd be great. Anyway, um, Gazaga had a problem. I mean, they, 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 going into the final, they had two games that were decided by one point, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, they were riding a really high, you know, emotional roller coaster there, and 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 I think to a degree, from what I under from what I saw on the uh, of the game, they really kind of went into it with a lax uh, kind of an attitude because again, they were picked to win that game on paper. They should have won that game, but Baylor, the, the Baylor's men's team, just kind of came in there like a buzzsaw, and you know, I mean, they they really they they had nothing to lose seemingly and then obviously everything to gain. I mean, they're, I mean, they're coming in as the underdogs and I, I, for the most part, when I watch sports, you know, I like rooting for the underdogs. I mean, obviously I've got my favorites, uh, that I like to watch, but you know, it's just like with my Red Sox, I don't care if they win any other game during the course of the year, as long as they beat the damn Yankees, I don't give a shit. I mean, honestly, I think, I think everybody has that approach from what I've, and this is all of what I heard because I really don't <laughs> know anything about sports. But most of the time, it's 
it's usually the uh, they go through the whole scene is like, oh, they lost the to the uh, they didn't win the pennant this year or didn't even get in the uh, pregame of the pennant, but at least they beat the Yankees a couple of times. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it just seems like that you know every professional sports level has those teams. Uh, in baseball, it's the Yankees, and, and now on the National League side of baseball, it's become the, you know, the L.A. Dodgers. Um, ownership groups go out and spend a ton of money trying to you know, build a team that's going to win a championship. Uh, the, the Mets, the New York Mets this year, their owner, has he, he went on record as saying, I'm all in. And well, you know, a lot of New York Mets fans have been, uh, you know, with the exception of, I think it was like 68 and 86, they they've been you know they've they've resided themselves to being the you know we're just going to root for these lovable losers kind of a fan base and they went out and signed Francisco Lindor to like a 320 million dollar contract i've got a lot of uh, you know i've got an opinion on those 320 plus i you know the, those large 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 contracts i i've got an opinion on on what they're going to do to the game but we'll get into that at another time. But uh, from my perspective, the game wasn't as close as maybe the scoreboard, you know, reflected. Now, Baylor, from what I remember, they did win by like 10-plus points. I think it was like a 14-point win or something like that. But, I mean, right there towards the end of the game with about two or three minutes left, you really kind of saw the wind and the, the desire to try, just leave the Gazaga bench, and you know, you want to see a game go down to the you know to the final buzzer, you know you, you really do. And you know, whether it's the last pitch, the final down, whatever it is, I mean you want to see a game go to its fullest completion. Yeah, most of the games like that, that those are the ones that you really pay attention to. Right. I mean, those are the games that that, that it's more, a lot of people. A remember. lot of people like the underdog story. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan in the finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers one year. Or was it the, the conference finals? I can't remember. Um, they, no, that was the, yeah, it was the conference uh, conference finals, I believe. Anyways, I'm going to catch hell for that later, but whatever. Uh, he was playing a game with the flu. Yeah. And he ended up making, you know, that last, you know, at the buzzer shot to, to win the game. And, you know, I'm like, those are the moments. You know, they become very iconic. Yeah, and then you have someone like LeBron James, and he, he pulls a hemi or gets a sprain, and he's just out. Yeah, you know, I mean, not to take anything away from LeBron James. I mean, the guy on paper is very successful. I mean, coming out of high school, no, no time in college ball at all, gets drafted right out of high school. Goes out, I mean, he's got multiple championships with multiple teams. That's fine. It's great. It's whatever. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, are you going to ever, ever, ever be able to, com- you know, are you ever going to be comparable to, say, say, like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? Yeah. No. In my opinion, no. Because <laughs> with with the conversation of the, the GOAT, you know, being the greatest of all time, you know, you have to – the numbers are only going to speak so much. Uh, there, there has to be a mental and a physical toughness there as well. Um, you're going to hear those arguments about how well it was a different era. You can't compare the two different eras with different players, and you know they're they're the greatest of this particular generation. 
I can see the logic behind that, but if you you know you're still going to have that that subsection of, of of fans, analysts, experts, they're going to be like, well, he's better than he is. The only way that we'd ever be able to find that out is, you know, uh, having them face off against each other. Yeah, they, in their primes, but we're never going to ever, ever, ever have that. The only time frame they actually do something like that, because mm-hmm. they, they do do those uh, simulators, the, they get all the points and everything like that, yeah. but there's a lot of variables that, uh, human variables that they don't really get. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think that LeBron James at this point's got going more than LeBron, or than Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant is the fact that he's able to retain hair on his head, albeit his hairline does recede faster than the tide in the middle of the day. But, you know, past that, eh, you know, I mean, Kobe Bryant, I mean, he even retired from basketball at one point, and so did Michael Jordan, and they both came back. Yeah. I mean, and they both exhibited a mental and physical toughness to be able to play the game. I mean, Kobe Bryant finally had to hang up the shoes because his knees just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and my, Michael Jordan, I mean, age was just catching up with him. Yeah, because he, he – I, I remember that because he retired and he went to uh, he retired the White, Spock, White Sox. Yeah, yeah, he retired. He went to go play baseball for a while. Um, I mean, he never made it to the major leagues. I mean, he, he, he stayed – well, you trained with them. Well, yeah, I mean, but you can be a non-roster invitee, or you can be a spring on a, on a on a minor league roster, and you're still going to get invited to spring training because in spring training, everybody's going to get that shot to make that forty man roster. Uh, that's just like Tim Tebow. You know, I mean, say what you want about the guy, I like Tim Tebow. You know, I, I he 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 never backs down from his convictions. He never changes his public image. He doesn't he doesn't bend to what the media wants him to be. He he stayed true to who he was. Yeah, and yeah, were there times that he played over his head? Absolutely, but I think a lot of that too is a product of the systems that he played in. Um, the 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 system in Denver could have worked for him a little bit better if he had had a better offensive line. Um, and it, you know he he had the tools and he you know available to him as far as like talent and, and drive to make that career, but I don't think he necessarily had the mentors that a lot of these other great quarterbacks that you saw had. Um, like Steve Young, for example, he had Joe Montana. You know, and, and so, you, I mean, and if anybody who's ever watched football remembers the uh, San Francisco 49ers of the 80s and 90s, you know, you had that Joe Montana, and then when Joe Montana retired, Steve Young stepped into the breach, and he became their quarterback. And he actually led them, I think, to two or three Super Bowls. But, you know, with all that aside, um, it, it was nice for me to be able to see a team from Texas win. I'm not a homer by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, we're here in Texas. I'm a Red Sox fan. So, you know, if if we were going to follow that logic, I mean, I'd be all in on, on the Rangers, which – no, I mean, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 I like the game, but you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm the same. You know, I like to, I like to watch exciting baseball, and just the way that the Rangers run their organization just doesn't lend its, just doesn't, at least as of late, it doesn't lend itself to an exciting product to put on the field. I mean, it's almost like now. I, I don't I don't 
and I'll have to double check it, but I don't think that they've won in their new ballpark yet. I mean, there's been a lot of firsts that have occurred in their new Rangers ballpark. I mean, they've had uh, the first home run that was hit there was not by our Ranger. The first win there was not by the Rangers. And just recently, Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres threw the first no-hitter in that park, and it happened to be the first no-hitter thrown for the San Diego Padres franchise. But we're all getting off track here. Um, you know, so, I mean, but, I mean, with, with, with the, you know, I'm going to try to wrap up this whole basketball part of it. So, I mean, winning a championship is kind of like peeing in a pool for me. You're the only one that feels it, and it doesn't last very long. Because next year, whenever the season starts up, preseason starts up, whatever it is, Baylor's got a big target part, you know, painted on their back now. Just like Tampa Bay, they've got, a, you know, uh, you know, the Rays on the baseball side. They're the defending American League champions. Everybody in the American League is gunning for them because they want a shot at the World Series. The Dodgers, world champions, they are going to have the biggest target painted on their backs, and they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to be the first team, in, I think, since the, the Toronto Blue Jays to go out and try to repeat a World Series title. Um, you don't see it happen very often. So, um, but that being said, football's next. Um, I like watching football. I mean, think maybe there's more like two or three games a year that I watch. The Army Navy game, obviously, being one of those. Um, yeah, the the one this year was kind of a that was a really good underdog thing. Yeah, I mean, with Navy going in to West Point. Uh, I think the last time that the game was played there was in 1940. It was in the 40s, I believe it was, and Navy beat the crap out of Army on their home field. So, you know, Navy, you know, everybody was, you know, pointing to these, you know, historical, you know, uh, statistics. And on paper, they were saying that Navy should have walked away with this game. But I think Army took it personally. One, it's their home turf. You got a different breed of kid in there playing you know, playing football now. And uh, I believe last year during the regular season, Army had far and away a better record than Navy did. And I mean, I think last year was just, I think it was an off year for the Navy. Um, both teams run that triple option offense, which is really hard to defend against unless it's something that you see every day. But I mean, with, with the Army-Navy games, yeah, it was uh, 1943. Yeah, I mean, with with the Army-Navy games, you, you're going to hear two different arguments. You're going to hear that it's the tradition and that it's one of the favorite games to watch all year long because, I mean, this is this is one of I mean, the most storied rivalries in all of sports. Yeah, and then and you're it's, gonna, also, it's also on a lot of people's bucket lists, especially for military people. It go, is, at least yeah. go see it once. Like my dad, he's a 20-year Navy guy. He retired from the Navy. I joined the Army, and it's on our bucket list to go see an Army-Navy game in person. And my dad has stated under no uncertain terms that when we do go to a live Army-Navy game, we're sitting on opposite sides of the stadium. <laughs> um, we don't watch the game together. We don't talk about the game. You know, we just acknowledge that the game happened and we move on about our day. Yeah. Um, you know, like this year when Navy lost 15 to nothing to the, you know, to the, to the, to the cadets of, of, of West Point, that afternoon, we're sitting in the living room looking at my dad and I'm like, I mean, I mean, it was a good game. He goes, yep. And that was the extent of our conversation. That was it. It wasn't that brutal, was it? It, I mean, it was 15 to nothing. It was 15 to nothing. Navy did not score. 
Go ahead, fact check me. How dare you? I'm I'm facts. That's basketball. You're looking for the 2020 Army Navy game. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Damn. Yeah, they did lose that bad. Freaking. But the scoreboard was not nearly as close. I mean, the game was closer than the scoreboard indicated. There was a lot of back and forths. I mean, Navy. They really can. They you know they they. They controlled the passing game. Army controlled the ground game. Special teams, I think, is where it made it up. You know, where is where the difference was made. But uh, the big news out of football for the for the past week: <clears throat> longtime uh, wide receiver for the New England Patriots, Julian Edelman, announced announced his retirement yesterday. Um, he said that he was going to go until the wheels fell off, and in his announcement retirement video, he said, "Well, the wheels fell off." What and happened to him? He just he sustained an injury uh, last year. Uh, don't get me to find the. I mean, you could probably check it. I think it was either a shoulder or a knee or something like Who that. Who was it? Julian Edelman, E D E E D E L M A N. But I mean, the guy's career. I mean, it was the complete underdog coming in. He was a seventh round pick for the New England Patriots. Uh, he had a 12-year career with him that that included three Super Bowl wins, and, and he even had a Super Bowl a Super Bowl MVP award. Um, 620 career receptions, 6,822 receiving yards, and 36 touchdown receptions. Um, do I think that it's completely over for him? No. Um, I think that he's going to probably try to reevaluate things. Uh, you know, the closer that next season's training camps start to open up. And do I think he, if he, if he decides to come back, is he going to play for New England? Ah, if, if New England gives him the right amount of money. Uh, do I see a reunion between Brady, Gronkowski, and, and Edelman down in Tampa Bay? I think that that's pretty likely. Um, that's if it were to happen at all. But... If he doesn't decide to suit up and get on the field, I mean, I definitely see him putting on a suit and tie and grabbing a microphone and, and announcing games. That seems to be the path that a lot of these players take. Yeah. Oh wow, that's okay. Because his uh, he he canceled his contract for failed uh, failed physical, uh, and now he's eligible for a injury uh, injury protection benefits worth about two million dollars. God. Yeah. So. But uh, football, you know, football is one of those sports that rivals baseball as, you know, have, you know holding the title of America's pastime. Well, a lot of people are actually saying that uh, uh, baseball is on the uh, ropes of uh, not being a sport anymore because the, uh, the attendance even be, uh, before, like, to, uh, the COVID stuff. But I... Everybody goes up and says, "Oh, this is this is going down. This is going down. They're going to go bankrupt pretty soon, and everything like that." And it doesn't happen. Well, I think a lot of the, you know, the the the, the current affairs of the nation play a part in the perception people have of different sports. So, for example, um, you know, everybody gives LeBron James a bunch of shit for voicing his political opinion. We're not saying that you can't voice your opinion. We have the First Amendment for that particular reason. Yeah. I mean, you are protected by free speech. What I and a lot of people have a problem with is when 
people who are in a position of fame, uh, you know, that they, they you know, professional athletes, actors, actresses, they use that platform as a means of shoving their ideology down the throats of their fan base. And, and it, and it causes us to kind of take a step back for me at least, you know, and I look at it like, look, I, I don't pay you to give me your political opinions from the standpoint of you're right and I'm wrong. You can voice your opinion. That's fine. Do it. I am. I, I encourage it. That's why I serve. That's why men and women that I served with did the same thing. Yeah. But as it relates to using your platform or using your status as a platform to change hearts and minds based solely on your fame? No. Well, that's that's the uh, general opinion on a lot of stuff is uh, once you have a platform, say, say God forbid, we actually become popular enough to where uh, we have like millions of viewers, millions of people listening to us and everything like that. Is it our right to voice our opinion about how everything's going? Now, if it's something like drastic, like uh, suicide or uh, stuff like that, something that's actually more charitable, homelessness, uh, 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 small businesses losing their money because uh, of all this, yes, I will voice my opinion. But going into the, the political uh, standing, it's like, oh, you need to vote this way. You need to vote that way. You need to do this way. No. I am never going to do that. I will yeah. suggest, but that's about it. Yeah, and see, if we do, you know, when you do voice your opinion, make it an educated one. Oh, yeah. You know, because you're going to have these these sports stars, these actresses, you know, I mean, these people of, of, of popular, you know, that, that are popular. And they're mainstream, and they, they have millions of followers on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, whatever. You see a lot of times, and this happens for people that believe on both sides of the aisle, they regurgitate the talking points of their preferred party. And yeah. it's like, okay, do your homework a little bit. If, if you're going to try to make me think the same way that you think, do your homework. Bring forth an argument that is going to be convincing. Don't just sit there and go, for example... Major League Baseball. Just going to move into baseball real quick. Baseball announced a week before last that they were taking the 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 All Star Game and the MLB Draft out of Atlanta because of the voting laws that the that the the Georgia government, the state government, were putting into place requiring voter IDs, claiming somehow that that was racist. Let's let's break that apart for just a second, and and yeah, this is going to go from a little bit of sporty to, to just a tiny bit political. But you know, I think that it. I'll and, give you five minutes because I've already talked, uh, uh, did this topic with someone else. Yeah, and they went on the uh, offensive with it, going, "It's like, well, uh, uh, black people in that area, uh, they, they work. It's it's all facts and annotated and everything like that." I was like. Dude, I don't listen to uh, the percentages and everything because usually they're wrong. Yeah, I mean... And you can annotate... And I looked at the uh, actual law and everything. There's actual spots to where uh, 
you're basically, if you're absentee, you can still do it. you got 180 days mm-hmm. to do the absentee and everything. You don't have, you can do the mail-in ballot. Um, you can do mail, you can do fax, you can do Right, because I mean, what's the old email. joke? 68% of all statistics are made up. Yeah. You know, um, but, I mean, to to say that, you know, where baseball stance was is that we're looking at these laws like they're Jim Crow on steroids. I'm like, who the fuck are you to come in here and talk about Jim Crow? You have no idea what the hell Jim Crow is even is. I mean, we're not. I mean, we're not. It is in no way, shape, form, or fashion, at least in my opinion. And my opinions they don't reflect the opinions of this show. Actually, but, you know what? Uh, do you find an argument on this? We'll do a what the hell on that. Yeah, and that's fine. Right after uh, we do the other two episodes. Yeah. But, yeah. Because but, I, re- I really want to get into that. Yeah. You know, it, it, because it's like, all right, they want to, you know, they want to say that getting a voter ID is, is racist because they're saying that black people or people of color can't get it. And it's like, well, isn't that racist by assuming that they can't get that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to have driver's licenses to operate vehicles. We have to have ID to fly on a plane. We have to get an I we have to have an ID to go to the library and check out books. You have to have an ID just to use credit cards in this country. You know? So how is it not racist to require them to have these other pieces of identification when all we're requiring is just maybe an endorsement on their existing driver's license to say this is my voter ID. So you go in and we can you know, try to stop some of these election frauds that have been going on. I mean, we can get into a whole other argument about Which that. Which we'll, we'll get into that. But with, with baseball taking a huge, huge moneymaker for the economy of, of Atlanta and its outlying suburbs, by taking the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, the Midsummer Classic, I mean, it is, it's, it's the it's home million derby. It's a $100 million. It's, yeah. a, it's $100 million they're taking from that community yeah. to another one. Yeah, and, and so what do they do? Okay, well, all right, well, we're going to take this away from you, Atlanta, because your state sucks, because we think that it's racist, when, in fact, the head office, they're just looking at political expediency, and they're using that buzzword optics. You remember that from a few years ago? And so, and, and without even doing any kind of homework, they're taking the, they're, they're taking the uh, mainstream safe route, and they're they're removing it because you're going to get all these people that are going to look at it like, well, <laughs> good on baseball for taking it away. Well, yeah, you're going to think that until your economy suffers because of it. Because when Denver, who got the Major League Baseball All Star Game, starts reaping, you know, starts raking in that cash, you know, you said a hundred million dollars just for that three day event. You got the Futures Game. You've got the old timers game. You got all these charity events that go on around it. You got the home run derby, and then you've got the game itself. And then you got uh, small businesses that lose their right. money. You got so like, you got right. You got a whole community that's losing all that cash flow. Even even a guy that's like selling like uh, knockoff knock t-shirts. t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. So you know you look at it, and it's like okay. I mean, bottom line, because I know that I've only got five minutes, so I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up. But bottom line, you, you know, you, you look at like on the calendar, the 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 right around the All Star break for baseball, 
there are no other major professional sports scheduled until after until the day after the All-Star game. Yeah. So for that particular two or three day time period, every set of eyes in the in the you know that watches professional sports are focused on baseball. And so you're talking about revenue from TV ratings, uh, the radio stations uh, like ESPN that broadcast that over the radio. Advertisement. Uh, Advertisement dollars. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about just ticket sales and souvenir sales and concessions on site. We're talking about all the residuals that come from that. You're taking that away from Atlanta. And instead of looking at it from the big picture, the, 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 the people that are involved with that decision-making process are looking at it as, well, this is going to be popular with the vocal minority. And let's just be honest with ourselves. That is exactly what they are, the vocal minority. Because it's the vocal minority that is always speaking the loudest. And then you get the silent majority that just, they, they you know, for whatever reason, don't feel like speaking up. And I think that that is a dynamic that needs to change, not only on the political front, but I think it on the social front as well. Because a lot of people in this, you know, in this world, let alone this country, they have forgotten what it means to get punched in the mouth. So you know, you're going to have a hot take on something, and you're doing it from the from the anonymity of a screen and a keyboard, knowing that you can hide behind an IP address, you can hide behind a VPN, and nobody's going to be able to understand. You know, nobody's going to be able to know who you are. Now you're going to have those crafty individuals that are going to dox you, and they're going to put your information out there, but for the most part, I mean, you're going to, I mean, people don't get up in front of a, you know, behind a podium in front of a microphone and they don't, they don't give their hot takes out there because a lot of times they know that they're going to come across as sounding uneducated and, and, and over opinionated. And they're using their stature as a platform to force feed you their point of view, but moving on. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, I was about to open up another uh, political thing, too. Mm-mm. But uh, anyways, we're going with uh, still baseball. What was the uh, – was there any other major stuff that happened in baseball? Yeah, I mean, we had the no-hitter from uh, from the San Diego Padres last week. Uh, I, I watched the last – I was listening to that game on the Bad app. And I, what I do, you know, through that, I like to listen to that team's broadcast because you kind of you, – you start to feel that energy build up a little bit. Um, from the local guys, you know, because they're, they're the ones that are calling that team's games year in and year out. I mean, they see pitch after pitch, inning after inning. And you start to, you, you start to hear that excitement start to well up inside their voice. And, and it's just kind of cool because it kind of gives you an insight. It's like a little, little microchasm of what that fan base is feeling. And because I was born in San Diego, fun fact. I don't claim it, but I was born there. It's no no fault of my own. My dad was in the Navy. But, um, you know, so my dad, my mom and dad, they used to go to Padres games all the time. I mean, because, I mean, literally the stadium was downtown from, from the shipyards. So, um, you know, I, I just thought that, you know, hey, that was kind of cool. You know, I mean, I, I grew up idolizing people like Tony Gwynn. I mean, you stick a bat in that guy's hand and, you know, 99.9% of the time, you're going to get something positive coming in out of, out of that at-bat. And, 
you know, it was just nice to be able to see something like that finally happen. I mean, quite literally, the San Diego Padres were the last Major League Baseball team to not have a no-hitter. And so uh, Joe Musgrove, who grew up in El Cajon, outside of San Diego, grew up a lifelong San Diego Padres fan. And he finally, you know, he, he got drafted, played in the majors, for I think, for a couple of other teams. And then finally he got traded to, to San Diego. He got to wear his team's uniform, and he goes out. And he puts in that performance. I mean, yeah, granted, he had that defense behind him, backing him up. And from what I understand, it was uh, he was basically one pitch away from throwing a perfect game because he hit Joey Gallo with a pitch. It, you know, it had, depending on how that at-bat would have turned out, we could have been very well talking about maybe like the 28th or 29th perfect game in Major League history as opposed to just another no-hitter. But when I say just another no-hitter, it's not to take away from, from, from the, from the uh, historical significance of the game because, like I said, this was the first one in franchise history. And the Padres have been around since like the 60s or 70s, something like that. It was like the late 60s or early 60s. But... Pits, is it Pittsburgh? Probably? No, no. The San Diego Padres. But the, you know, just the, the fact that they got their first once. I mean, now everybody in the major leagues has a no-hitter accredited to their to their franchise. Um, I think the only thing that's out there now is World Series appearances. 1969. Yeah, see, and, and so now we're talking about who who still doesn't have a World Series appearance. And if I'm not mistaken, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident when I say this, Seattle, the Seattle Mariners, stand alone atop that mountain as having being the only team who is socially distanced from being in the World Series. Uh, they got close a couple of times, but at the end, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and atomic bombs. But uh, you know, my my like my Red Sox, they 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 started the season zero and three, and everybody was just on the oh here we go, this is going to be a lost season kind of a deal. And for whatever reason, the bats came alive. The team started to try to you know, the, there's the team was figuring it out. The the, the actually, play- there's been a lot of teams. Well, it's only uh, San Diego Padres, Colorado Rockies. No, who have not been in the World Series. I'm not talking about winning one. I'm talking about appearing in a World Series. The Rockies. Oh, no, no, no. Seattle Mariners are the only uh, NBA. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see, the Padres played against the Yankees in the World Series back in the 90s. And the Rockies, their only World Series appearance was in 2007 when they were swept by the Boston Red Sox. Anyways. And yet again, I will not. I'll try not to. Hey, you know, if you, you know, you're, I, I'm the guy with the hot take. You're just you're the, you're the dude with the keyboard. You're fact checking me along the way, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, so you're keeping me honest, and that's I appreciate that. And I'm in the pretty one. You know, that's debatable too. Okay. But um, I mean, I'm the one with the hot girlfriend, so just kind of putting that out there. Um, I mean, I can dress up my hand. Yeah, but after a while, doesn't your hand fall asleep because you're just that boring? Yeah, only the left one, so I can make you feel weird. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I, <laughs> I applaud that effort. I mean that 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 was that was a good dodge. Gotta, that was, that was a good gotta, burn. And but and you, you, gotta, and you, you dodged it. it. I just appreciate that. You got to change it up sometimes. Uh, but anyway, so the the offense started figuring it out. The pitching staff finally decided to come up and play. Um, you know, and now we're sitting atop the the, the American League East division with a game and a half lead as of this morning over the uh, over the Yankees. Uh, we've yet to play the Yankees. The Yankees are still eh, trying to figure it out, I guess, a little bit. Um, I mean, they've they've got the the biggest payroll in the American League, hands down. I mean, they traditionally do year in and year out. Um, and I think a lot of that is just because the knucklehead fan base of the New York Yankees enables that ownership group to pay out these high high salaries to all these players, and. You know, they all get close, and they just end up not coming. I mean, they come home empty-handed, and it's it's kind of for me as a as a Red Sox fan, it's it's kind of refreshing to see, because while I may not refer to the Yankees as the evil empire anymore, because let's just face it, I mean, you look at England. I mean, they they ruled the world at one point. Now they're just this tiny little island, and they're the furthest thing from being an empire. But. Uh, you know, you just for whatever reason, people just seem to be enamored with that interlocking NY and those dumb-looking fucking pinstripes. You know, it's like I mean, I want to visit New York City because there's a pl- there's a ton of things to do there. I mean, it's a I mean, from what I understand, it's a great city. You just want to uh, go there to piss on the stadium, don't you? That's exactly right, and that's exactly what I told my girlfriend. <laughs> I, I told her it's like you know I, I want you know like. She wants to go to New, you know, visit uh, Australia, New Zealand, and I and I told her I said the one thing that I want to do in New Zealand is I want to climb to the top of Mount Doom, and I want you to take a picture of me pissing off the top of Mount Doom, because that, that's a thing that people do. Well, I also I also want to go see the Hobbit Village. Well, yeah, yeah, Hobbit sure, you know, Hob, Hobbit Town, but or Hobbiton, that's what it's called. Yeah, Hobbiton. But yeah, I mean, you, you go see the Shire, and that's fine, great, awesome. I mean, I want to walk around in Frodo's house, and that's cool, but. I want to go to Mount Doom because they've got a tour guide that, that they take you up a trail to the top of the mountain. And apparently that's something that people do now is they, they have to get that picture that somebody takes from behind them, ass cheeks to the wind, and then you see a stream of piss coming out from in front of them. And they're pissing off the top of Mount Doom into Mordor. And I'm like, that's that's what I want to do. But, I mean, for me, I, I just, you know, it, it's not to disrespect the Yankees, but I really just don't. I, I just want to piss all over their stadium. I really do. Um that's a lot of water and a lot of time. Hey, you know what? If you're if you're gonna go like all over and everything, I mean, you start at one spot, man. Okay, okay, idea. What you do is is you have like a set of uh, Camelbacks. <laughs> force, and force hydration. <laughs> yeah, force hydration. You're like drinking and everything, and you're moving. I mean, you got to make sure like the wind direction and everything like that. To where you don't piss on yourself. You don't want that kind of smell. Yeah. And then you just keep on going and you just, you know, go around. Now, are you talking both internal and out, uh, inside and outside? No, I just want to piss just... on the side of the building. I okay, mean, if, okay. When I go into the ballpark, I'm going to respect the cathedral that is a baseball stadium and, and be able to take in a game because that's on my bucket list of things to do is to go to a game at every major league sta- stadium. But, um, or, or this may sound sick. You save up all your urine, and you do like uh no no. I'm just okay. gonna stop you right there. Just no. I mean, you get like a pressure thing, and you just spray it. No, 
because then you start then you start trespassing into 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 territories of criminal mischief and and I'm not trying to catch a charge in New York State because they will they'll they'll keep you locked up for weeks. stupid reasons yeah. yeah stupid reasons you know I mean because let's face it De Blasio I think De Blasio is still the mayor of New York City I mean he he doesn't need a reason to throw people like me in jail so it's you know let's just leave it at that but. No, I mean, pure, plain, and simple. All jokes aside, if I were to do something like that, it would just be on the outside of the stadium. Very superficial, just kind of like a big middle finger to you. Not you specifically, but the Yankees as a whole. But, you know, but going inside the ballpark, going inside the stadium to watch a game. I mean, inside, to me... Baseball is not just so much of a sport as it is a religion. It's it's more of a, a lifestyle, and, and and to me, it's something that's very respected. And I may hate the team, I may hate the laundry that that particular player puts onto his body for 162 games a year, <clears throat> minus any playoff runs. But when I go into through the turnstiles of a ballpark. I'm there for three hours, three, four hours, however long it takes for that particular game to get played. And I'm at church. Yeah, it, and, and you also have to think about the history of the place. I mean, they got a museum in there. Well, the, the, the Yankee Stadium that's there now, it's a newer one. I mean, whereas the one before was the house that Babe Ruth built, the new Yankee Stadium is the house that Jeter built. Yeah. And... Do they still have the old? Uh, no, I think the I think they demolished the old one. I don't don't quote me on it. I think I don't think that it's there still. Um, but uh, you know it it. I mean, there's a lot of exciting things going on in, in in baseball now, and like for example, J D Martinez, he you know plays for the Red Sox. He's he's on this incredible tear. Knock on wood. Uh, he he's on a. I think he's got like six or seven games in a row where he's got an extra base hit. Um, I mean, the dude is just red hot right now as far as, you know, swinging the bat is concerned. And he just seems very locked in. He's able to get his resources back, you know, to him. He watches video. He's not stealing signs. Let's not go there. Um, And he's watching videos of his at-bats. So that way he can can make those in-game adjustments – that he needs to make in order to address the ball and square up a little bit easier to, you know, to make, a, if anything else, a more productive out, whether it's moving a runner up 90 feet or getting a runner, you know, over the plate to, to score a run. Um, he's, he's starting to really, and, and I, I really, oh, just, I really hope. Okay, they just updated the old stadium, that's it. Yeah, I, I think they're using it for, like, college and high school events and stuff like that, like, the you know, for, for, for those games. No, it's the same stadium. No, it's not the same stadium. I promise you it's not the same it's stadium. Not. It's not. Because ESPN did a 30 for 30 on it, and, I mean, when they moved from the old stadium to the new stadium, I mean, they, they were moving things from one one building to the other. It is not the same stadium. Absolutely not the same stadium. Um. Because I believe the new Yankee Stadium opened up in like 2009 or 2008 or something like that. But it's not the same stadium. 
They may have made improvements to the new Yankee Stadium, but it is not the house that Ruth built. The stadium where you had Murderer's Row, Lou Gehrig, uh, Joe DiMaggio, Babe Ruth. I mean, those guys, a lot of the Yankee greats, the, the stadium that they played in does not exist anymore. Because they built, the Steinbrenners built a new stadium right next door. I guess they still have it then because they renovated it in like, uh, it it began in 2009. Yeah, I mean, they may have renovated it and they're using it for other things, but it is not Yankee Stadium because the stadium that the New York Yankees plays in, literally, I think is right next door. Hmm. Anyways. Okay. So, you know, but... Regardless as to the uh, authenticity of the of the stadium itself as it relates to its roots, I think like home plate is the same. I think um, I think they moved the home plate from the old stadium to the new stadium kind of a thing. But, you know, stuff like that to me is cool. But oh, okay, no, no. It was, okay, the original Yankee Stadium was demolished in 2010. Yeah, okay, see. Closed. Okay. Now, I know that the Rangers, when they built their new Globe Life Field, they took the ballpark in Arlington, and instead of destroying it, I mean, aesthetically and architecturally, it is a beautiful stadium. I, lo- I mean, I loved going to games there because, I mean, it was open air, yes, middle of the summer, and it sucks going to see a game because you're just you're sweating your nuts off in the, in the stands. But, you know, that, that was part of the experience of going to see a, a game in Texas. Um, and, I mean, it, there was nothing wrong with the park. I mean, I think it was just a little bit over 20 years old. Because uh, I remember that uh, the first year that it was open, we had the All Star Game here. I think that was, um, I think it was '93 or '94. I can't remember which. Um, but, and I remember being disappointed about when the All Star Game came to Texas because, uh, being a, a King Griffey Jr. fan, I was never a Mariners fan, but I was always a Griffey Jr. fan. But Griffey Jr. was he got, he was hurt and he bat, he he opted out of the uh, the All Star Game. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to go down there. You know, yeah, you're going to bump into all these major league players kind of wandering around and stuff like that. You can get autographs galore. I just didn't care because I'm like the one guy that I wanted to go see wasn't going to be there. But um, anyway, but to me, baseball, the head office can't seem to get out of its own way. 1995. Yeah, so, I mean, I, they can't seem to get out of their own way, and it, and it really kind of pisses me off because when, you know, you got these guys that are out there on the field and they're busting their ass to try to, to, to win games, and they're, they're, they're out there trying to help their team win, and, and it's producing this wonderful product that we're able to go and see and on a lot of times spend way too much money on tickets to be able to see, but still we're able to, we're able to take this game in, you know, I've said it in the past that, that baseball is perfect. And what makes it watch makes it watchable is the fact that imperfect men play it. But I think that the front office specifically the commissioner of baseball, he, he's not, I mean, and I hate using the term woke because it's just, to me that just sounds ignorant. But he's too in tune with the woke crowd and all these social justice warriors and all these keyboard, you know, mafiosos. And, and it's like, look, 
do what is best for the game because your job as commissioner is to do exactly that. Do what is best for the game. And whether whether the you know whether it, it is a popular decision with the masses or not, Atlanta. From what I understand, the way that the select city selection for the All Star Game works is that the cities that that are potential candidates for hosting this event, they really have to come to Major League Baseball with a with a with a proposal that shows we have the infrastructure to support this, and this is the money that's going to be made, the revenues that are going to be made from this. We've got these security measures in place. We've got these protocols in place. This, that. I mean, they have to have a comprehensive plan laid out when they present it to Major League Baseball. Well, it's basically like the same thing with the with the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl and uh, like the Olympics, the Olympics and, and yeah. the World Cup. So, I mean, these cities and these communities, they have to come out of pocket to have the planning committees come together to spend the time and res- resources. To, to put these proposals together, and they're you know and they're basically they're they're hedging their bets. I mean they're 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 betting, they're they're spending the money to try to make the money. So, I think yeah. it, by comparison, I think I think they maybe spend like maybe half to maybe three quarters of a million dollars trying to put together this proposal showing A, B, and C, you know A through Z, why we should get that game, and why we should be able to host that event or events because like in this case the major league draft also got moved yeah but these communities are coming out of pocket to to spend the money to show you the the commissioner baseball and the planning and the competition committee why we should get this game you get awarded the game and so you spend the money to you you inject the money into your infrastructure to make sure that traffic's going to not going to be too much of an issue that the 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 around the time of the event you're going to make sure that your ballpark is up to up to par, and, and that all of your ducks are in a row. Your eyes are dotted, your T's are crossed. Every all like small businesses, large businesses. You got your corporate sponsors. You got your TV slots, and you got you got everything laid out, and you are ready to go. Your team is wearing the fucking All Star Game patch on their jerseys. Everybody has got tickets. Flights. I mean, everything's booked and everybody's ready to go. You got fans are going to be coming in from all across the world to watch this game. And because somebody had a misinformed, regurgitated talking point, and they're going to throw it out there, all of a sudden it enrages this this demographic, and and instead of looking at it and saying, we're going to review. The potential impact upon this game, and then we're going to make our decision based on that. Don't look at it as well. We're going to side with this party versus that party. You know, I mean, no. I mean, your focus is not to run for fucking office. Your 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 goal is to be a steward of the game. And I mean, in my personal opinion, I think baseball just fell flat on their face with this one. Um, you know, whether you agree with me or not, conservative versus liberal, I, I don't really care. I'm, I'm not looking at it from a political standpoint. You made an ill-advised, undereducated decision based on an opinion that, in my mind, you didn't spend five minutes looking at. 
because you heard the rumblings, and then like later that afternoon, Major League Baseball announced that we're moving the All Star Game and the draft from Atlanta based on this. And it's like, well, it's like that whole Gillette commercial thing about uh, uh, demasculating men and everything like that. It's, mm-hmm. it, they get this idea. It's like, oh, it needs to be this, 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 and this. Well, now we're now we're losing a lot of money because Gillette. Uh, nobody's buying Gillette. I was like, okay, technically that's not what fully happened, but mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened because uh, they started getting like the Dollar Shave Club. That's really popular right now. A lot of a lot of people are going away from like Gillette. Yeah, not because of of that commercial, but because Gillette's freaking expensive. It's like two times the amount compared to like uh, Harry's uh, uh, razors, uh, Dollar Shave Club. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, back when I shaved, yeah, I mean, I looked at stuff like that. But, you know, it. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, and I, I think a lot of it too is. You remember that saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you? Yeah. And I think that a lot of these major corporations and I think a lot of these these people that occupy these head offices of organizations like Major League Baseball, they had forgotten that. And so, I mean, they're slap, I mean, they're biting the hands of the fans. And like last year, I mean, the general consensus is that with the exception of the Dodgers, obviously, because they won it all, I think for the, the from what I understand and from what I've read and what I've heard, the general consensus, I mean, amongst the players, the fans, the ownership groups, is 2020 was just kind of a lost season. I mean, they, they didn't have fans in the stands. They had cardboard cutouts. We talked about that a little bit last week, I believe, whenever I did my, yeah. my opening day thing. But, um, I mean, they really lost a ton of money last year, Uh Revenues alone for from from being you know from games being attended in person were just horrible because they weren't there. The fans weren't allowed, and you even heard some of the the grumblings the during opening week when the Rangers held their home opener. To I mean they I mean we allowed our governor allowed a hundred percent attendance capacity on yeah. everything. I mean, they, they, they didn't sell out. They had, like, 98%. I think the game did sell out, but I think, like, only 98% of the people, you know, Show used them. their tickets. Yeah, so. But still, you know, I mean. Still and, 90%. Uh, 98% is really good. It is, you know. And I was listening to the Red Sox broadcast, and Ian Fleming was talking, and he's he's one of the, the play-by-play guys along with Joe Castiglione. I mean, I respect Joe Castiglione. A ton. I mean, the guy has called more Red Sox games than, than anybody in history, and he's just got a certain way that he calls a game. And you know, I'm obviously a fan, but Ian Fleming had said something. They were they were talking about that opener, and he was like, you know, it looked cool, it sounded cool, but at some point, you have to ask ourselves, what are we doing here? And I immediately, I mean, I'm I'm sitting in the car with my dad, and you know, when we're listening to the game, and I mean, I got pissed. I was like, we're going to a fucking ball game. That's what we're doing. We're trying to do what we weren't able to do last year because, some, you know, it, I deemed it really kind of an overreaction. You know, I, I mean, 
we're going to shut things down over a over a, 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 a virus that has a 98 point something. 99.98%. Yeah, 99.98% survivability rate. We didn't do a damn thing for H, H1N1. You know, I mean, oh, well, they, they, no, don't come at me with your recurgitated talking points. You want to come at me, come at me with hard evidence. And I'm not talking about these pumped up numbers that the CDC is pumping out as far as people who have died from COVID-19. People who have actually died from the disease or from the virus, I, I mourn for you. I, you know, I, I feel bad for your families. And, you know, I mean, losing a loved one sucks, it re, it, regardless of what the situation is or what the circumstances surrounding that death was. Losing a loved one it sucks. I'm not, I'm not unsympathetic to that. But for the most part, we needed to, you know, we needed to be able to get out of the house. We needed to be able to go and do things. And, and in a lot of cases, for people like me especially, baseball is it. I mean, even if you're going to have reduced attendance numbers like you have now, a lot of these stadiums are at a fraction of their full capacity and you start hearing terms of like COVID sellouts and things like that, where, I mean, where they're talking about, okay, uh, they're only going to open up to like a 37% capacity or a 47% for, you know, percent capacity and they're selling those seats. And, you know, may, you know, while the seats are sold, not everybody shows up for the game kind of a deal and that's fine. Life happens. People can't make it to the game or whatever. It doesn't matter. But, you know, it, I think that we lose a lot of of continuity as it relates to right versus wrong. And is it the right decision to move a game? Okay, well, is it going to impact public safety? You know, I mean, are riots going to break out? Is somebody going to plant a bomb in the stadium or whatever? You know, those are legitimate concerns. Now, like, for example, yesterday... Boston was supposed to, they were supposed to open up in Minneapolis yesterday. Um, but because that guy, um, I don't give me, I can't, I, I forget his name right now. Um, oh, he was shot and everything. Yeah. I mean, cause there, there was a, a gentleman who was shot, um, during a, uh, traffic stop and you know, the officer made a mistake. Do I think that that officer needs to be punished? Yeah, Absolutely. But, um, it, you know, yes, it was a mistake. I'm not trying to minimize somebody's life by, by fitting him into this, him or her into this box. Saying, well, you were just the victim of unfortunate circumstances, and then that sucks, and well, let's carry on about our day. But do I think that in the long run, d- does it, does it, is it necessary for us to postpone games? No. You know, have a, you know if you, if you want to do something, have a moment of silence. You know, it, and it's, but don't postpone the game. Because there was no immediate danger. There was no, you know, I mean, yes, there was unrest. But I, I think that, you know, people these days, they, 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 don't, they don't need a reason to get out in the streets and create a bunch of damn havoc. People are fucking bored. Yeah, Dwight, uh, it was du- uh, Don, Don, Dante? Dante. Uh, right. Yeah, um, let me see here. But there's already been about 40 arrests because the governor of Minneapolis is not taking any uh, guff uh, about it, and he's arresting a lot of the rioters and having uh, cops arrest a lot of the rioters. But, 
What other stuff in sports? <laughs> oh, let's see, auto racing. NASCAR's back. Uh, NASCAR, they are letting fans into the stands this, uh, this year. And, I mean, say what you want about NASCAR. I, mean, I enjoy it. I, mean, I love the storylines. I love the competition. I love the technical side of the sport. Uh, it's just not driving fast and turning left. I mean, I mean, you you really have to you have to have a, tech, a sense of technical prowess about you, uh, from a crew chief standpoint, a car chief standpoint, to be able to set these vehicles up. Even as a, okay, going as uh, driving mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of stuff, I only did it like a couple of times, but you you get a. It's really strange once you learn the car and everything. Yeah, you can. It's like even I do it now with my vehicles, and it, it it freaks people out because I'll be in their vehicle and everything. And I'm like, okay, this is this you might want to check out. This might you, and it's just by sound feel, uh, yeah, how the transmission's yeah. running. You can I, I can actually feel how uh, the gears might skip a little bit. Yeah, and so and, I mean, like especially with with NASCAR um, for you know, like the the, the Gander, Gander World Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and then the Cup Series, those seats are bolted directly to the floor plan or four pans in those cars. And, you know, that's that's where they get a lot of that that driving by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Because a lot, literally, I mean, that's how a lot of these drivers know what is going on with their car because, I mean, they just it just doesn't feel right whether the car over-rotates into a turn and so it's, it's loose or if it's not entering a turn and they're not able to get the car to rotate so it's tight. They feel like the front end's plowing whenever they they dive into a turn, or you know they don't have drive off, or they don't have or even entry even in. the the grip of the tires. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about looser. You yeah, know. and so I mean they can communicate with their crew chiefs, and then you know I mean the, the drivers they can make small subtle little adjustments inside the car, but as far as like chassis setups and stuff like that, track bar adjustments. I mean a lot of that stuff has to be done whenever they come in for the pit stops, and you know you don't. I mean it's not like back in the, you know, 50s and 60s when, you know, pit stops were done by dudes walking around with beer guts and cigars hanging out of their mouths and shit, you know, they got grease stains all over their, over the, you know, all over their coveralls because they just got in eating a bucket of chicken. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are, these are, these are athletes and a lot of times these are like college football players that didn't go get, you know, that didn't get drafted or, um, I mean, these, these are world-class athletes that are working on these cars. Yeah. I, you know, I, I believe like the, it's called the next gen, the next gen car. Right now, the cars, the wheels have five lug nuts on them, and they they use an air gun that is that's got like a ten thousand RPM. It's called a thunder gun, and it's powered with nitrogen because it's got the lower moisture content in it. So they're able to torque those nut, lug nuts off and then torque them back on just by hitting them, boom, 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 and they're able to get four tires and, you know, make any kind of adjustments and fuel the car up, and a lot of times in 15 seconds or less. And if you start hitting those 15-second pit stops, I mean, you're talking about losing positions on the track because you got teams that are knocking them out in 11 and 12 seconds. Well, I was watching uh, watching an uh, AI uh, thing on YouTube, mm-hmm. and they said that they have a new program and everything that's an AI system to where uh, guys telling them, it's like, hey, this the computer's saying, uh, do a pit stop here. Do, uh, it's a new thing they're trying out. Well, I mean, they, the, the the use of simulators has been in the sport for a few years now, and um, I mean, especially with the rise of iRacing. racing. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll get a lot of these drivers that spend a lot of time in iRacing racing simulations 
driving the tracks that they're going to go to to try to get that feel because a lot of that feedback because the way that iRacing works is that the, a lot of the setup information and the handling characteristics of a car as it relates to that particular track, tire wear and things like that, will directly translate. Um, and, 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 and drivers, they get in, they spend time hitting those marks, entering those turns and figuring out where they can throttle in, where they can, where they can floor it, you know, what the braking is going to be, how deep into a turn can they get. A lot of that does translate over for these drivers. I mean, you're going to see drivers like William Byron, um, Alex Bowman, um, even I think to an extent Kyle Larson, uh, the, those three guys, they drive for Hendrick Motorsports. And you, you're going to see a lot of guys from, the, from these different teams spend an inordinate amount of time behind a screen running simulations on those tracks. And it's just to get them familiar with the way that the track runs. And Well, the only thing I'm, I'm wondering about is... Uh... Does it give you that? Uh, does it have a like a program or something like that where it get it uh, gets in to where uh, it gives you that motion and the the vibration and everything like that? That's yeah. Um, the, they've got these really expensive simulator rigs where um, you know the seats are set up on actuators. Okay. So you'll get that, you know, that tilt. You know, if you're running it like Daytona or Talladega, where you got the 23 to, you know, 32 degree banking in the turns, and and you go into the turn, the whole platform that the seat sits on, and the screens, they all go like this. I mean, the oh, okay. whole thing is set up on a gimbal, and it's it's really kind of cool. I think I priced one of those, and I think it was like I think it was like ten or fifteen grand to get one of those built and then have it sent out to your house. And that's with setup mm-hmm. and, or that didn't count setup, I think, but just like shipping, getting it built. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, you pedals, uh, gear shifters. I mean, you can do the two screens or the three screens. Uh, I mean, and just all inclusive. It's an actual racing seat that you're sitting in and it's, it's bolted to this gimbal and it just, you know, you can, you get into it and, you know, if you hit the wall, the whole damn thing shakes and, I wonder what the maintenance cost on that thing would be. Oh, I, I don't even want to know. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it'd be enough just to get one, but it's like, you know, it's like you get some of these uh, these organizations. They'll go and buy a building in hopes of opening it and, and using it for some kind of grand thing, and they've got their eyes set on this price, and then they would they don't figure upkeep into it, and you know, it's yeah. like operating costs. But, um, but. The season started off really good, I think. Uh, we had, like, six different winners in the first six di- six weeks of the season. Uh, I think yesterday, Martin Truex Jr. won, or Sunday, Martin Truex Jr. won for the second time this season. So he was the first repeat yeah, winner got, of the uh, season. Yeah, he got 56 points. Yeah, you know, so. And you got, but, it, it, how, many, how many of these one you want to get, just top five? Well, right now, the way that the point system works in the, in the Cup Series is that a win will get you a shot at getting into the playoffs. It, like, it, for all intents and purposes, locks you into the playoffs. Now, in the instance where if we say if we have more than 16 different winners, the tiebreaker is going to be number of victories, and then where you were at in the points is going to decide who gets into that 16-driver playoff system at the end of the season. Because um, there's 10, 10 races, three or four rounds, there's the round of 16, the round of eight, 
and then there's the round of four, and then uh, yeah, and then yeah. So there's three, three, yeah, three rounds. There's 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 the sixteen, and then the eight, and then the four, and then you know you, when when you get down to the championship four, I mean that's where the final race happens in Phoenix, but. And then you have to win basically almost to advance, or you have to place and you have to score enough points to, in order to advance in the playoffs. And you get a lot of these guys that get eliminated, and they're like big names in the sport uh, that, that just, don't get to race for the championship. And it's it's kind of cool. Going to give you the top five names of yeah, go ahead. Uh, like you said, uh, Trix Junior, Truix. Junior Elliot X True X Junior uh, Chase Elliot C Elliot D uh, Harmon uh, W Brian and K Larson are the top fives, and the points is like 56, 49, 52, 42, and 38. Now you got me wanting to look here. Hold on, just type in NASCAR. Gee, you think? Just trying to help. Why do you have to be so evil? It's me. God, just type in NASCAR like I don't fucking know. Um, let me Sometimes see. Sometimes I like here. to be Captain Obvious, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get all that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I was picking up on that, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's see here. Standings. So as we're talking about now, we've got Denny Hamlin, who's running first in the points. Martin Truex Jr. is running second. Joey Logano. I cannot stand how, Joey Logano. How is he running third with the 52 points? Or was that just... Uh, yeah, that was just from that event. Okay. Um, Kyle Larson's running fourth, and then Ryan Blaney is in the fifth position. William Byron's number six. Chase Elliott's running seventh. Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, and Christopher Bell round out the top ten as far as drivers and points. Um, uh, as far as Denny Hamlin, I mean, he 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 finishes races. He when he finishes races, he, he finishes well enough to where he's leading the points right now. Um, but right now, like I said, when, once they get to that that cutoff race before the ten plen, ten race playoff begins, mm-hmm. all of the points from the top sixteen, they're basically reset and then the bonus points that you earn for wins and things like that will dictate what your seeding is going into the playoffs and then depending on what your performance is during those playoff races during those rounds um it's like the the round of 16 they get three races the round of eight gets three races and then the championship four um will get let me see there's there's seats 16, 12, 8, and then the championship four. So, I mean, those, the championship race, the championship round, the round of four, that's a single race. Okay. And those only four drivers, only those four drivers that qualify in the top four, the final four, are eligible to win the championship. Everybody else is just racing to try to finish as best they can in the points as they, you know, as it worked out. How many race uh, things are there? It's a 32 race season. No, I mean, I mean, not. Not the season. I mean, how many different ones? Because they got uh, Toyota owners for uh, four hundred. No, that's the actual things. Yeah, there's three manufacturers like, in the in, in the car. truck series. There's Toyota, Ford, and then there's Chevy. Um, and you got truck series. Yeah, there's there's three major circuits, the three national series. There's the Gander trucks. There's the Xfinity rate or Xfinity series, which is kind of like. I don't want to say the minor leagues, but they're they're like the AAA 
of NASCAR. So, I mean, they, they, they're, they're just the step below the Cup Series. Cup Series is where everybody wants to be because that's where the money is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun to watch the Xfinity races because these kids are out there and they are racing their, they're racing their hearts out trying to, you know, win a championship there, but they're also trying to win a ride. In the Cup Series, they're 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 wanting to make their you know, they're wanting to make their debut in the Cup Series. They want to be on that big stage. They want to race with the best in the sport. You know, they want to race with the Kyle Bushes. They want to race with the you know with the Chase Elliotts. They want to re- they want to race with the Truex Juniors. They want to race with those guys on a weekly basis. And um, you know, so you, you look at the Xfinity Series. And their, their cars are set up a little different. It's, it's, they've got carbon fiber bodies as opposed to sheet metal bodies like they do in the Cup Series. So it gives them a little bit more of an allowance when they brush up against the wall. It doesn't beat their car to crap. Um, but, I mean, you'll see a lot of tempers and a lot of personalities start to really kind of evolve once they get to that Xfinity Series. Um, you see, I mean, you'll see fights break out more often in, in, the, in the Xfinity Series. It's not to say that they don't exist in the Cup Series, but in the Cup side, you've got more of that, you know, that corporate sponsorship presence, and and drivers have really kind of matured to the point where they know how to race clean. But you're still going to get those guys like Joey Logano, and I can't stand what Joey Logano. Make no bones about that. It, to me, I don't care who wins, just as long as it's not Joey Logano. I don't even care if Kyle Busch wins. I mean, I'm kind of sort of like a low key Kyle Busch fan, but you know, it, it for me, when Dale Earnhardt Sr. died, I I became a junior fan. I was kind of a junior fan before then, but, I mean, I really just took all of my allegiances and put it in the Dale Earnhardt Jr. camp. Uh, when Junior retired, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I liked Jeff Gordon back in the day, uh, not as much as Dale Earnhardt Sr., but still nonetheless. So, I mean, I, I really kind of became more of a like a Jimmy Johnson fan you know, he, he's he's one of only three guys in the series, in the history of the series, to ever win seven championships. Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt Sr., and Jimmy Johnson all have seven championships apiece. And that's a really hard number to get to. Jimmy Johnson, he, he rattled off like five championships in a row uh, during the, you know, uh, during at, at one point during his, his career. And, um, you know, so, I mean, in, but... I mean, for me, I like going to the races because I mean, it's it's, it's really a, a it's like it's an all day family event. The way that my family does it is we would normally go down here to Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, we get there at like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. We'll find a park. You know, we'll find a couple of spots in the parking lot, and we'll set up awnings, tables, chairs. We'll we'll fuck. We'll cook breakfast in the morning. I'm usually start. I usually start drinking beer probably about eight. <laughs> you know. I have a I have a beer with my breakfast burrito, and you know we'll eat we'll eat lunch just before we go into the track for driver introductions and the command to start the engines and we'll sit in there and then we'll watch the race, um, you know and you you can get these scanner headsets I mean that like these, yeah. um, well they're a little bit more heavy duty obviously but you can you know get a radio it's got it as a scanner and you can tune in to any team that you want listen to their radio communications during the race and it's, it's the driver talking to the spotter. Or vice versa. The spotter talking to the driver, the driver relating the information as to what's going on in the car to the crew chief. Crew chief is dictating the pace of the race at that point. It's like, well, we're going to pit this time. You know, here's what we're going to do. You know, I mean, and they're they're communicating back and forth. So you really get that 
that behind the curtain view of what's going on within the race while you're watching the race. And I mean, yeah, the wrecks, they're, they're cool to watch and everything like that. And it's just the sights and the smells like smells is for me, at least in a a lot of people is a big thing when, when we're talking about sports, because I think my girlfriend, she was talking about, um, for her, it was just like the squeaks of the sneakers and the smell of a freshly, you know, tarn- uh, varnished, uh, you know, gym- gymnasium floor is just kind of where it was at for her. I mean, because she grew up playing basketball. Uh, for me, it's, you know, smell of fresh cut grass. And just that, that ambiance that, that a ballpark brings, you know, you get the sound of, of, of a ball getting, you know, getting killed by a bat. You know, just the, the, the smell of leather you know, from the gloves and, and just, you know, the, the crunch that, that a pair of spikes makes as you're walking across, the, you know, walking across the, like, gravel or concrete. It, it, it just It's just the overall ambience of it. And racing brings that, its own version of that, too. You're going to get the smell of the rubber from the, from the tires, you know, especially when they're, you know, somebody's doing a burnout or, you know, they, they lock their tires up because they're trying to avoid a wreck and, you get these clouds of smoke just kind of come up, and it's all very mechanical and chaotic, and it's all—it's very beautiful at the same time. You know, you, you get that smell of that exhaust, right? That 118 octane, you know, racing fuel that they use—it has a very distinctive smell, and it just kind of gets into you, and you just—you just really like, yeah, this—that's what I look for, and it's just the sounds of it. You, you get that that those 750 horsepower engines, 43 cars in the field, and you know they all pass at the same time at the drop of a green flag. You hear these drivers going through their gearboxes trying to accelerate, and you know like uh, I've got videos on my phone and on my Facebook where uh, I took my 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 now 11. He's fixing to turn 12 this week. Uh, as a matter of fact, he turns 12 tomorrow. Um, but uh, so, you know, happy birthday, Colin. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, I, I've, I've taken him to races, and, you know, I'm like, all right, here comes the field. They're coming to the green. And so as soon as that green flag drops, you hear that 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 increase in RPM, and it's just not one car doing it. I mean, you've got all the cars in the field. They're lined up double file, and they're all accelerating through their gearboxes. You hear those RPMs pick up, and... When that when they they hit that banking going into turn one, you get that blast, that pure unadulterated blast of sound coming up at you, and you feel it in your chest, right? And when the when the pack passes and they're at speed, you hear that. You mean you hear that sound like you hear on TV, but what they don't what they don't what you can't experience by watching a race on TV is like when the when when the whole pack passes you, about a second. About a half a second to a second after that pack passes you, you get hit with that wall of wind that was coming off of those cars. And it's just, you you can't replicate that anywhere else with any other sport. And, I mean, when I say any other sport, I'm not talking racing specifically as it relates to NASCAR. I mean, you get these people that go to these NHRA events where you got guys that are screaming 300-plus miles an hour down a quarter-mile track and just the overall thunder that comes from those engines that is burning pure alcohol. And I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just the intensity's picked up a lot more, but you know, I mean, if I had, if I had to list my sports, as far as preference, we're going to be concerned, baseball, racing, 
and then football is somewhere down here. Um, you know, and I'll even – I'll play golf. I'll even watch golf, you know. And, and like – and we're talking about things that have happened this week. Um, what was it? It was um, – In golf or – Yeah, in golf. Um, where did my notes we need, go? We need, we, we need to have the tabs open up for this stuff. Uh off this weekend there we go the rbc heritage yeah rbc's that's the 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 or the pga uh, uh, pga tour yeah well the that is the pga tour is it yeah that's one of the events that's the event that's going this weekend but uh let me see here A Japanese man um, won a, a a Japanese golfer won a major for the very 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 first time um, this past weekend at the major or at the Masters, and uh, Hideki Mats, Matsuma uh, became Hideki Matsuma uh, wins the wins the Masters and becomes the first men's major champion from Japan, and Tiger Woods even, you know, with, with Tiger Woods being out. He, he even tweeted on it, and he was like, you know, this is big. I mean, the landscape of golf is going to change forever. And and you just you kind of had to imagine what the atmosphere was like over in Japan because anytime somebody from Japan does something well over here, the Japanese sports media goes completely berserk. And, I mean, it's just their culture. I mean, it's just – they. I mean, they get behind their people. I mean, they're also some of the biggest critics, but – Oh, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, it, so – I think overall the, the 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 health of American sports, as it relates to not only regionally but nationally and, and globally, I think overall, I think that the, the health of sports is 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 pretty good. Um, if we can learn as as a society and as sports organizations are concerned to get out of our own way, to just focus on what we're there to do, which is to play a game. And we focus on that. We work on making our product the best it could possibly be, whether that be to, to stick to our traditional roots or to innovate things, to speed up the pace of play or something along that line. As long as we're focusing on that and that alone, we're not we're not making Fourier's into... Uh, political statements and we're not we're not trying to you know address social issues and using our our platform as a sport to sway the opinion of you know just like come out and just be like you know, individual opinions of our players may differ for both sides of the argument but as an organization such as major league baseball our interest and our allegiance is to you, the fans. Yeah. And that should be all that it's about. Keeping the integrity of the game as intact as you possibly can without, you know, without tarnishing it. Because when this whole steroid era hit for baseball, yeah, I mean, baseball 
I mean, even in the 90s and the late, yeah, early 80, 2000s. Yeah, 80s and 90s and 2000s. But when the steroid era hit, I mean, everybody knew that the guys were juicing. I mean, you look at Mark McGuire for, for, to an extent. Mark McGuire, I mean, he just he spent a lot of time in the gym, and he took the supplements that were allowed at the time. But you're going to get people like Rafael Palmero and Jose Canseco, um, you know, just, just, just to name the big ones, uh, Roger Clemens. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. I mean, they blatantly took Barry Bonds. Good God, don't get me started on Barry Bonds. Do I think his home run, home run record is legitimate? Personally, no. Why? The dude took steroids to hit those bombs. Do you still need the talent to hit that ball? Yeah, absolutely you do. But do I think that you're going to crank them out with the with the frequency that he was at doing it and at the distances he was doing it at? Hell no. Because you look at that guy when he came into the scene, when he was when he was uh, when he made his debut with the Pirates, dude was skinny, ugly as hell. He's still ugly as hell, but the dude is just massive. He's big, and now when he stopped playing, he retired, and he's either a consultant for I think uh, the Marlins now. Um, I could be wrong there, but he's he's not on a field playing. The dude is tiny. Because he didn't have the need to either ingest or inject these particular chemicals into his body to enhance his performance. Do I think that that do I think that the that the ster- or that the, the the bigger names, the cheaters of the of the steroid era, do I do I believe that they should be eligible for the Hall of Fame? I think to an extent, at some point they're gonna get in. Because they're gonna, they're you know, it's gonna get, it's gonna get played down enough over the generations, you know, over the years, not generations, but over the years, that that it's not gonna seem as bad, you know. I mean, we we've got guys who have, I mean, they they willingly, and you can see here's my big my big heartburn with it. They've got guys who have taken steroids taking these performance-enhancing drugs, these PEDs, they've gotten caught. They've served out their suspensions. They've come back and played, and they've actually made more money coming back off their suspensions because of the name of that that they're carrying. And they're still being considered eligible for the Hall of Fame. They've tarnished the game. They cheated at the fucking game. But then you're going to get people like Pete Rose, the all-times hit leader, who is banned from baseball... Because he bet on the game. I mean, on his own team. Well, yeah, he bet on his team. He didn't bet against his team. He yeah. bet on his team. And uh, you know, betting is betting. I get all that. But to say that he's he's ineligible because he bet versus taking steroids. I mean, the dude put a. I mean, there are guys putting needles in their arms and in their hips. Buttocks. You know, yeah, putting needles in their asses to, to, to cheat, actively cheat at the game. You know, but here he is. He's making side bets that his team's going to win or his team's going to cover a spread or whatever. And they're going to ban him for life for it? Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I, always, I always say that I'm going to do um, – you get these hypothetical, you know, outlandish fantasy type scenarios where if I was commissioner for a day, 
and I'm not talking about one of these like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not official kind of a deal. It, it's more of a, hey, you win this contest, you get to be make a wish type thing. Yeah, not not make a wish, but it's like uh, you know you get these guys that they um, notional. Oh, kind okay. of commissioners for days, like you get to come in, you get to experience what it what it's like to be a commissioner, but you don't get to sign anything. You don't. You don't. Basically, get to... like uh, Anakin Skywalker being on the uh, council, and, but not a master. I see. There's our nerd reference. Very I good. Know. There we go. There you go. All right. So, you know, one of the things that I would do, the first, very, 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 very first thing that I would do if I got to be commissioner of baseball for days, I'd reinstate Pete Rose. I would. I would reinstate Pete Rose and be like, all right, look. These guys, they get to be eligible for the Hall of Fame, and they've actively cheated, and in some cases, multiple times. You bet on your team. Your on-field performance as a player, and you got 41, 40, over 4,100 hits. That, that record still stands. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't think that that's ever going to get broken. I really don't. So... I mean, he earned the name Charlie Hustle for a reason. This dude played hard-nosed, old-time baseball. And he did it in an era where steroids weren't a thing. He wasn't out there beating his wife. He wasn't out there taking drugs. He made bets. Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, they go to Atlantic City all the fucking time. They did it as players. Nobody said a damn word to them. Was it because of the color of their skin? Hell, I don't know. I don't really care. It's the same thing. So, you know, I know, I know that we're running long here, but... Well, I was just going to say one thing. Uh, the Hadachi Matsusuma, mm-hmm. uh, he was one of four people to do a first round over par by uh, the Masters champion since 1970. It was uh, The first one was Jack Nick. Uh, first one was Jack Nicholson, second one uh, in 1972, and 1982, uh, Craig Standler, and uh, 2008, Trevor Ottoman, uh, Hadashi Masazuma, uh, 2021. Yeah, so, but I mean, the fact that he, he was Japan's first men's major champion for anything in golf, and and to me... That's that's cool, you know. So I mean, this this past week we had a couple of firsts, and and they were really cool, you know. Yeah. And and I think overall for for the for the health of their particular sport and for their region, their their country of origin in this particular case, that's huge. I mean, he he's 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 going to receive this 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 notoriety of of the good variety from his home country, and he's getting a lot of attention that he might not otherwise have seen, you know. Because of it. And so, I mean, even if he'd have come in there on the last day, if he'd have come in there on a, on Sunday and played his ass off and maybe finished second by like a stroke or two, I, I think that, yeah, he'd still get that notoriety. But I think over, over the long run, as, as it relates to the annals of history, nobody really remembers who finished second. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> and, and depending on who it is that hears the uh, hears this or watches this podcast, um, you know, might get some like eye rolls and like, oh, here we fucking go again. But like, really, the only time you really remember who finished second or who lost that game is in instances like when the Patriots came back 
after being down 28 to 3 and ended up winning the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. You know. Well, it's still that one thing. I mean, we first it, it, or your last. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but being, things like the Falcons loss in the Super Bowl, I mean, that's still a calendar day. That's 328. You know, so I mean, it, it, you, you see that on like um even on some Atlanta sports radios, like, oh, happy 328, you know. And everybody's like, oh, really? Come on, man. That's not fucking cool, you know. But, you know, and it's like, okay, you remember who the champions are. And I think ultimately for Hideki Matsuma, I, I think I think that this is going to, I mean, this is ultimately going to be great for his career. Um, and it's also going to be uh, great for the country's career for golf because now they have a little bit of notoriety for it. Yeah, I mean they, they've they've got a champion now. So, I mean I, I think he's won a couple of events, uh, a couple of tournaments. But this is a major. This is one of the four major events that make up the the, the Grand Slam of golf. Um, do I think that? I mean, do I think anybody's going to catch Jack Nicklaus or uh, 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 Tiger Woods's you know major record? No. But I think overall, I think this is good for the game because I mean it really. You start to see more and more of these players from around the world start to come in, and they start to shine. I mean, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get your guys, your 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 Americans like Bubba Watson and stuff like that, and and, and Tiger Woods. You know, they, I mean, they're they're going to be the greats. I mean, don't get me wrong, but and they inject that personality in the game. But I think that this brings that international flavor that I think things a lot of things like golf has been missing, um, because for the most part. Like Greg Norman, he was Australian, uh, but then you're going to get those Europeans that um, you know that, that have been playing golf, and it's been America versus you know versus Europe for for the longest time. We've got the Presidents Cup, we got the Ryder Cup, but I mean we're we're starting to see like South American players, we're starting to see uh, like Canadians, we're starting to see the Japanese really start to represent themselves more predominantly. On the on the international theater or on the international stage as as it relates to golf, and I, I think that for the health of their of that sport, it's ultimately going to be very very good. Um, is it going to make it as popular as it was whenever Tiger was in his heyday? Absolutely not. Uh, if and when uh, Tiger Woods makes his comeback and he returns to golf and he plays for the first time in a tournament since having that accident is that going to be one of the highest rating you know highest rated uh, you know uh, uh, broadcasts for golf in, in in the last few years yeah absolutely i mean it's going to be it's going to do as much for golf as it did when when tiger won the masters a couple of years ago um back in 2019 when when tiger woods won won the masters but um yeah, it would be one of those things to where it would actually uh, it would improve the audience a lot. It's like, oh, is he going to have a big comeback? Is he not going to have a big comeback? Right. Yeah, so um, just to kind of wrap everything up here. So, I mean, we're going to work on this format, and I, I know that it's going to get better. Our, our opinions are going to become more educated, and we're going to have, you know, we're, we're going to be able to include more and more sports. and. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more of your nerd references. You're going to start learning about sports. And you, you may even pick a sport that you fucking like. And you might start watching it. Rugby and soccer. You know how hard it is to talk about uh, people that uh, watch rugby and soccer? Because rugby players and soccer players, they're, they're weak motherfuckers. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I some, some of the most opinionated people on the planet are fans of soccer um, or football. You know, whether it's the the Champions League or the UEFA or you know uh, um, the the, the Don't get me on the women's freaking soccer. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was the most ridiculous court case, and I'm I, I'm not even gonna. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a subject for another episode. Yeah. But you know, um, you know, thanks for for tuning in to to the very first episode of this. Uh, it's like I said, it's a work in progress, and it's something that we're gonna polish up a little bit. And and at some point, we may even open it up to where we're gonna start start taking calls and do do these live. Yeah. Um, you know, so and, and and I think ultimately that that's gonna be really. I mean, that's going to be fun. And, and to be honest, you know, with, with our, our uh, serial murder series that, we, that we've been doing, you know, uh, okay, we've last kind of episode, said, Last episode wasn't really good because... It wasn't. It, every, but, everything was going against us. But this one, the, the one we're going to do now, uh, I oh God, I know so much about him. Yeah, so I mean, this, this, you know, I mean it, it's still fun to do. But driving over here today I, I was I was actually nervous about you know getting into it because I know that sports fans in particular are some of the hardest people most brutal yeah they're the hardest people to satisfy um, if, if they think that your take isn't hard enough they're, I mean they're gonna let you know if they think that you're too soft I and mean, they're, they're gonna tell you get the hell out of here and I mean you can disparage one team versus the other and you're going to piss somebody off with sports. It doesn't matter if you go in and talk about every team and give a highlight on every team. They're going to they're going to accuse you of being biased. And you know what? Guess what? I am biased. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, but it doesn't say, I mean I mean it, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to give the the Yankees their due. I mean, if if the Yankees pull off something really cool, I'm going to give them that. I'm going to be like, "Hey, you know, it, it it hurts my soul to talk about him this way, but I've got to give the Yankees props here. Um, you'll never see me wearing a Yankees jersey, ever, not even on a bet. Um, I mean, it's to the point where it's like it hurts my fantasy teams, but if when it comes down to it, I will not draft anybody who plays for the Yankees. I don't care how well they perform in the points. I don't give a shit. Pinstripes or interlocking NYs do not cross the threshold of my home. You know, because, I mean, in, in three words, fuck New York, you know, but. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of hate and animosity, I feel, from this one. But, you know, I, but again, so, yeah, we're just going to wrap this up. And this was our first episode. I think that this is going to be something that's going to ultimately, it's going to be a challenge to do every week. And it's just going to be because we have to stay engaged with it. And, yeah, you know, but it's something that I'm looking forward to. And, and hopefully I have something really to talk about because I'm going to the Totally Archery uh challenge this week. Yeah, I mean, we can bring up some of those obscure sports. I mean, as long as we're not talking about damn curling, you know. I mean, even curling to a degree, whatever, fine. I don't care. But, oh, uh, oh, and, and something just to kind of hang our red, white, and blue hat on, um, there is going to be, for the first time in over 30 years, a United States Marine wrestling for the United States in the Olympics. Really? Yeah. Um, he, he, he qualified and he won his match in the, U, uh, in the U.S. Olympic trials. And so he's going to be rep- representing the, the red, red, white, and blue in Tokyo. That should be uh, interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be fun to watch. But uh, I'm Johnny Skelton. I'm David Dickman. Thanks for uh, tuning into our, uh, what are we going to call this, nerd sports? So, yeah, are, we, we can either do nerd sports or geek sports. 
Uh, Thanks for tuning into our sports show. And, uh, you know, hey, if you have any feedback, definitely give it to us in the comment section. We're going to be open-minded about it. And, you know, we'll... we'll, I might actually make a Facebook sports page. Yeah, you know... uh, check, watch for any links that he's going to post up on our channel, and uh, definitely get engaged because we're not going to get any better unless we get some feedback from you guys. Uh, make sure to let's see if I can do this right as it relates to the screen. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit that bell and leave any likes and comments down here. And uh, we'll we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. See you later. Later. <laughs>